My name is Benjamin Pace, and you're listening to the No Content Podcast. And if you happen to be a duck listening to this, you're in a safe space. Hey there, welcome to the No Content Podcast. My name is Benjamin Pace. I hope you're having a wonderful day today. Um, if you're listening to this, uh, it's probably uh, probably 2022 because uh, to the best of my knowledge, I'm not releasing this until uh, January. And uh, I'll break the fourth wall down and tell you that it's it's not January at the time of recording this, but I'm going to speak to you as if it was, uh, because it probably is if you're listening to it. Anyway, I have a guest uh, with me today on the No Content Podcast. I'm really excited about him and his ministry. He's a good friend, um, one of my favorite guys to listen to, and uh, his name is Chris Jacobs. His wife is Courtney Jacobs. They have Chris Jacobs Ministries. And uh, they have some awesome stuff that they're doing and that the Lord is using them uh, in and to do. They've seen a lot of miraculous things. I may have him share some stuff, but today um, we're going to talk about repentance. And the title of this podcast is The Gift of Repentance. Uh, Before we get started into the subject, though, Chris, uh, just introduce yourself and just give the listeners a little bit of a background about you and Courtney and what you guys are doing. Well, first, thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me to be on, man. It's a it's an honor and a pleasure. Um, always love to talk about Jesus and mm-hmm. and the Word and what He is continuing to do on the earth, you know, during this time. So I yeah. appreciate you, love you, thank you for having me on. This is going to be a yeah, good time. Too. Love you too. Praise God. Um, so yeah, you introduced uh, introduced us very well. I might have you record something for me so that I can just you know <laughs> push play and like, hey, this guy knows us. Yep. Um, no, so yeah, uh, my name is Chris Jacobs. Um, my wife is Courtney. We've been uh, in ministry for seems like since we got married, we went right off to Bible school. So sixteen mm-hmm. years we've been married. Um, wow! But full time ministry after we we graduated from Bible school. So I'd say 14 years now. Yeah. And um, man, it's 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 a it's a progression. And this this walk with the Lord, it is a marathon. We've all heard the teaching. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Yeah. And um, it is. And it takes endurance. And so, you know, sprints don't take much endurance. Marathons, mm-hmm. they take a lot of endurance. Um, but that just shows uh, you can run fast one time really well. Yeah. You might be sore the next day, uh-huh. but to run a marathon, you have to be training for a long time. That's right. You can't just run a marathon. Just, I'm sure there's somebody on the planet that can do it, but you know what I'm trying to say is that you don't mm. just wake up one day and say, I'm going to run 26 miles or no, however, whatever the length is, I think 26 and a half or something. Maybe. Um, so, Man, we've been blessed to see the Lord continuing to uh, use us, and we give God all the glory. And um, we do we do see Him work in the in the ministry, and uh, He's just faithful to His word. If if we just focus on the word, yeah, um, 
you're you're bound to see the Lord start to show up in your life. It's not uh, it's it's not magic. It's there's no tricks to it. It's just there are spiritual principles, and if you decide that you're going to sell out and give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you start to follow His word, we've learned um, He will show up, and the things that are in His word will become truth and life. So mm, that's, that's where good. we're at. I love it, man. I love it. I love what you guys are doing. And dude, it's so true, man. Um, what we're doing and, and even just these opportunities, um, they're so precious. And I, I can honestly say, dude, there's nothing I would rather be doing. Um, and not because doing fivefold ministry is better than anything else that anybody else is called to, but it's, it's, I know it's what I'm called to. Right. And, and I know it's what you're called to. And, and there's nothing like doing what the Lord has called you to do and, and walking in it. Um, and knowing that, you know, Jesus said, my food, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Yeah. And there's a satisfaction found in that, that can't be found in anything else. You could have a great job where you're making tons of money. You can, you can, you know, think you have a great marriage and all this stuff and, and that's all wonderful. But if you're not doing the will of God, you won't be satisfied. It's true. It's, it's true. And just, to bounce off that for a second um, in regard to speaking of the gift of repentance, um, those things uh, that you just mentioned there, if you can't walk in a place where you know that you are fallible, you can, Mm. you can fall, you can fail. Yeah. Uh, And, and then in that failure, if you don't know that there is such a thing as forgiveness, all of those things mean nothing Yeah, because you're just walking around with something that you can't enjoy. Yeah, And that's why I think that a lot of people, um, they, they, uh, self-medicate, so to speak. Sure. Instead of just remaining in self with how God has created them. And you sort of get, out of yourself because if you don't understand forgiveness i mean that's a horrible place to be in yeah it starts it starts as a child kids know this you know when they just when they disobey or they're rebellious there's something on the inside that's like you know you're in trouble or and you also know like i did something i wasn't supposed to do and you're like how are my parents going to handle this like there's that fear right Mm mm-hmm but once you understand that your parents love you unconditionally, and you know what? There's, there might be some people that listen to this podcast to say that my parents never uh, responded that way. I don't, I don't truly know repentance. I, I feel like a failure to my parents. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ is different than a human parent. So just stick with it here sure. as you're listening to this podcast. Uh He's different. I mean, he'll, he'll lift burdens off of you that you didn't even know you had. Yeah. That's the cleansing of when you go before him and say, Lord, forgive me. Yeah. Uh, the, the cleansing part of it is <laughs> he gets into the areas that you, you didn't even know you were holding on to, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Um, but I, I, I forget where I was going with that, brother. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, hey, if you ever forget where you're going, it's good to go back to Scripture and, and we'll read a Scripture. That'll help us. That's what helps me all the time. Amen. If I'm if I'm noticed, like, okay, where was I going? Okay, let's get back to Scripture. So I'm going to start with this Scripture. 
um, in Second Timothy chapter two, and I read it in a couple translations because of what it brings out. Um, but this is the foundation for the title of this podcast and where we're going to go. Um, in Second Timothy two verse twenty three, it says, "But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes." Man, we could do a whole podcast just on that. Right. Um, knowing that they generate strife. And a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive to him to do his will. In the Passion uh, Bible, it reads this way, so that they can see God's gracious gift of repentance and be brought Mm -hmm. to the truth. So Mm -hmm. the first thing I want to emphasize in this podcast is that repentance is a gift, right? It is an opportunity. It's something that God grants. It's not something that he has to grant. Um, A lot of people see repentance as this, Oh, I guess I have to repent or, or I better repent. But repentance is a gift, and, and it says that, that we are supposed to be people who help people to see the gift of repentance, to recognize the gift. Or, you know, we just came through the Christmas season having recorded this. Um, you know, people were unwrapping gifts before they couldn't see what was inside that wrapping paper. That's good. But when they unwrapped the gift, they saw it was inside. And, and it's like, oh, hey, Merry Christmas. I got you repentance for Christmas. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, how would, I mean, I feel like there's probably, well, probably all, are, all those some, some people that we could, we could have given the gift of repentance to for Christmas. You know, you're like, you need to repent. But anyway, yeah. um, but it, it's, it's unwrapping it. It's helping them to see God as he truly is. And, and we'll look at this in a minute, but in the product, in the, parable of the prodigal son, we see this, that it's a, it's an evidence of what the father looks like in, in regard to this subject of repentance. Um, and, and we'll go there in a minute here, but first, Chris, I'll let you share whatever thoughts you have on that. Well, you know, that scripture that you read, um, it, it's, it's really explaining in, in context there about being approved or disapproved to, to, to do the will and the work of God, just mm-hmm. to say it as plainly as possible. And what's interesting is if we look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter five, I'm going to read this real quick out of the Amplified. Mm. Um, this is somebody that is bringing an offering to the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, older translation would say, uh, if you bring your gift to the altar. Yeah. Um, so this is what it reads in verse uh, 23. So if you are presenting your offering at the altar and while you are there, remember that your brother has something such as a grievance or legitimate complaint against you. Leave your offering there at the altar. Go first make peace with your brother and then come Mm -hmm. and present your offering uh so thinking about that that scripture that you read and then what jesus had to say about bringing your gift to the lord Hmm. and then remembering that you actually need repentance Hmm. okay so let me tie this together of, of how I believe is 
Christians, as believers, that we miss it in a lot of times. Um, they're looking, they're wondering where, where the storehouse is because mm. they've, they, they've brought their gift to the altar. You mm. know, they're, they're, they're working the principles of the world. Yeah. But they're not seeking the Lord on, have I offended or hurt somebody? Mm. Well, you have to remember that, first of all. Well, how do we remember that? The Holy Spirit, he lives on the inside of us as believers. He'll, he'll prompt us. People don't even ask. Yeah. It, they start to go f- through the flow and they're like, man, I'm doing everything I know to do. A lot of times when I'm ministering, that's a question that comes up often to, to individuals is, I'll say, is there, is there anything unforgiveness in your heart? Is there anything that, that you have against somebody? And um, man, quite often they'll, they'll pause for a moment and they'll, they'll just start to give it all away. Like, yeah, I'm like, okay, you, you need to get rid of that because you're trying to receive from, from something from the Lord. But people forget that he said, uh, if you don't forgive others. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Then I won't be able to, or my father won't be able to forgive you. It is a two way street. So, Let's go back to what I was saying there. People bring things to the Lord and they're implementing the spiritual principles of God. Well, some would say, well, yeah, heathens do that and they see it. Well, the difference is they're not, they don't, their, their conscience and their spirit man isn't alive unto God unless they've made Jesus the Lord and Savior of their life. Right. So spiritual principles are going to work until you have something that would be hindering it and this is growth Mm. so when you remember the holy spirit says hey or maybe your faith buddy hey man are you good or like man i i I see that you're maybe a little anxious about something or what's going on man and you let it out and it's like man okay i see it a lot of people have a ton of of gifts that are still sitting at the altar. Oh, wow. It's seed. And the Lord is sitting there waiting to receive it. Mm. And they're looking for their harvest. But see, the Lord hasn't received it yet. Why? Because they haven't made peace or even uh, cared to walk towards people in a way that now you can't make people forgive you. I mean, no, but it's, it's the humility of saying, Hey man, I wronged you or Hey, can you forgive me? Yeah. Or, Hey, you know what? This bothered me. I forgive you. And the moment that that takes place, you see people receive their healing a lot of times just by positioning their heart to forgive somebody or, or to let somebody off the hook. Mm. And then the Lord just mo That's it, Chris. Man, it, it, it happens in a lot of different areas. People are so in finances and they're wondering where the Lord is. And he's mm. there. The principle's there. But it's still sitting there because they're not listening to their heart. Or, and this is, this is where we can really get into trouble. 
when we know and we're like, well, I'm just going to go through the motions then. No, 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 man. People would see the Lord pour himself. He doesn't go against his word. No. And again, this is a part of growth. And the more that we grow, there is more uh, responsibility. Um, There's more required of us. But there's also more freedom. There's more trust. Yeah. You know, so I I look at it like there are a lot of people that have brought a lot of gifts to the Lord and he he wants to receive them. And what he does then is he receives them. and, And we know that when you give that the Lord is able to flow and, and um, give you a, a, produce a harvest. Absolutely. In your life uh, in many different areas and whatever you sow, a man reaps. Um, Yeah. So people are, are missing out on huge uh, harvests. And I mean, they've been there for decades and if they would just uh, get their heart in the right posture they would see it just like boom there it is oh my goodness where has this been well you've been holding on to something that aunt Susie did like 15 Mm. years ago that's right people miss it yeah yeah well and and chris here's here's something that's interesting and and uh, i wanted to bring this up at some point but this this is relevant to what you're saying um you know one of the reasons why a person would not forgive and continue to judge somebody um, and hold something against somebody is self-righteousness. Um, and, and is and self-righteousness, the Lord's really been talking to me about this. Self-righteousness is custom-made righteousness. It's, it's your, you, know, you know, there's this old song. It's not a good song. But there was this old song that said, your own personal Jesus. You know, that's what people have their own yeah. personal righteousness. And what, what self-righteousness does is that it justifies you and condemns other people. Mm. And we see this in scripture that you're talking about holding something against somebody and not making peace. One of the reasons why people would do this is because they feel that they're in the right and, and they're judging this other person. And they don't think that they need to repent because they're holding on to self-righteousness. So we see this in, in Romans 2. Um, and I'll, I'll read a couple translations, but it, it says, Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. And, and do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or you, do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God does what? Leads you to repentance. And the Amplified, it says, do you have no regard for the wealth of his kindness and tolerance and patience in withholding his wrath? Are you actually unaware or ignorant of the fact that God's kindness leads you to repentance? That is to change your inner self, your old way of thinking, seeking his purpose for your life. Um, It says, but in accordance with your hardness and your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. In other words, if I'm justifying myself, and judging someone else, I don't have a revelation of how forgiven I've been. And that's why I'm withholding forgiveness from somebody else. Right. I'm with now. Now I'm not, it's not talking about 
justifying somebody's sin and calling it okay. It's talking about forgiveness. It's talking about what you're talking about, showing kindness, showing forgiveness to another person. And if I'm withholding that, it's because I'm, my heart's become hard and I'm relying on self-righteousness and I, I'm not seeing my own need for repentance and therefore right. I'm judging somebody else. But it's the goodness or you could say it's the forgiveness of God that leads us to repentance. It leads other people to repentance. And there's a whole lot more that could be said in this in this passage, um, but um, this is a, a phrase that I felt like came up in my heart. Um, a, an unrepented soul is marked by their lack of mercy toward others. An unrepented soul, yeah. An, yeah, an unrepented soul, is marked by their lack of mercy toward other people. Huh. That's good. Somebody who doesn't think they need to repent. They're, they're, they're justifying themselves, but they're judging other people. But see, Jesus said, if, you, if, if you're picking out the moat in somebody else's eye, but you've got a beam in your own eye. Yeah. He, he said, first remove the beam that is in your eye, not so you could not do anything. He said, so you can see clearly not to judge your brother, but to help him. Right. See, what would you help him do? Help him see the gift of repentance. Why? Because you've repented. It starts with you. When you repent, you can help your brother see and recognize the gift of repentance. This is the humility that Timothy was talking about in helping people to see the gift of repentance. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too um, is that uh, how the, well, I don't know what version. Um, I'm sure it's several, but uh, it says, you know, why do you look at uh, the speck in your brother's eye, but you don't, you know, acknowledge or or, or notice the log that is in your own eye. Right. And, um, you know, those things over time, they build up if and listen, man, I've experienced this. Um, it's a continual, it's a continual, uh, self-evaluation. Sure. Because, you know, the day and age that we live in, uh, man, it's not hard to find something to be offended about. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you are. I, I don't, I, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been in ministry and you're, you're a saint and you've, you know, you live by the book and you're just, you know, Mother Teresa. It, like you have to self-evaluate because along with belief sets and belief systems, there's great conviction and great passion that comes along with it. If yeah. there wasn't, there would, you know, th- why would you do anything for anything that you believed? And yeah. James says faith without works is dead. Well, there's a passion that comes with that faith that that you know, is, is birthed on the inside of us to do the works of Christ. Well, that's action. Right. And that proves out our faith. So, you know, you, th- there's so much opportunity. You can turn on the television. There could be a commercial about something. A news person could say this, and it goes opposite of what you believe or have experienced. And you, you, you could account it as a lie or something. You could be offended at that. It could wreck your whole day. 
Um, and I think it happens often. I've been in seasons of it myself, brother, where uh, I'm like, what is my problem? Mm. And, you know, when you get quiet, it's like, okay, even just in the natural, this isn't like, mm, let's say at the Lord, uh, you need to stop doing that. Like, if you just recognize what is causing this, ir- uh, it's usually reflectant of a critical finger hmm. uh, where you're trying to get your finger and get that little speck out. But things yeah, yeah. have been mounting and it's called a fence. You're, yeah, yeah. you're you, you know, and then it becomes this log and anybody who's got a log in their eye is going to be irritable. That's right. And they're, they're going to be wanting to point the finger at everybody else. Yeah. And it really has a lot to do with self-evaluation. How am I applying the word to my life? Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Like if you hear something, well, how did you hear it? Did you hear it in righteousness? Did you hear it in offense? Mm-hmm. What thoughts did it create? Did you dismiss it as, well, that's not a godly thought. I'm not even going to think on it. It's not worth my time. Do we present things uh, or do we allow things to be presented in our life? In other words, do we self-inflict a lot based on what we allow ourselves to watch and hear on a daily basis, which causes us to kind of just get out of this walk of love and repentance and showing people the love of Jesus because we've become critical just as the world is critical. Right. Yeah, that's so good, man. That reminds me of what comes up to my heart is Isaiah 58. Um, It talks about the fast that God has chosen, and it talks about people who, quote unquote, fast for strife and debate. I mean, that Mm. and that goes back to what Timothy was saying about don't don't be involved in that stuff. But it it talks about um, if you remove from yourselves the pointing of the finger. And it's funny because, you know, the Bible's relevant even today. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, do, do we ever hear that phrase? Oh, they gave me the finger oh, yeah. um, in traffic. Yeah. You know, telling what you is that? Number what one is that? Stuff. Telling the, you the, number the, one. Right, right, right. You know, the, the, the pointing, um, the pointing of the finger. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of slogans these days that are, that are, you know, using words towards certain people and certain things. And, 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 um, the pointing of the finger, it, it's not a matter of, of not recognizing something wrong, but it's this, oh, come this on, bro. accusation, this, this, um, the, the accuser of, of, of the brethren is the devil and, yeah. and this, and this critical, um, criticizing thing. Um, and it's funny cause this, we're kind of, we're kind of going a different direction here than I was expecting, but it's good. Um, and he talks about being the repairer of the breach. Yeah, and that passage. Those, those yeah. of you who are spiritual, restore him. That's yes, it. And, restore and, such and, one. <laughs> and see when people, when a lot of people have backed off on this area, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, please. Let, let, let me just. This is really. It just come up. Let, people have backed off, and have confused. Restoring and maturity as judging Hmm. and uh you know uh mm -hmm, lack of love per se yeah and really uh that falls back on being offended yes so 
if you can't self-evaluate and see like, you know what? I, uh, I have ought against my brother or he has ought against me. I caused this or, you know what? I was irritable. I'll, I'll tell you a story about something the Lord showed me, uh, several months ago about, you know, d- repenting myself. Mm. But, um, if we can't do that and there's a critical spirit or a critical finger, uh, and I've been called out on it before in my, like, because the, the person that would call me out or has called me out and this is a continual thing. It's a walk. You have to have, we submit ourselves one to another. The right. Says. Right. So when you're submitted to the word, then when somebody comes with truth, you have a decision to make. It doesn't matter if it's your 15 year old brother sure, or, or if it's your 65 year old grandfather. Right. Truth, truth is truth. Sure. Uh, it's, it's the pliability or the humility of the heart that can receive that. And man, it, it just keeps the flow of God's blessing and removal of the curse mm. operating in each is in each one of our lives. And it's a part of growth. Um, we have to, as believers, we are, people think that Christianity is a crutch or that believers are a weak person. Right. Completely opposite of yeah. anything that a person from the outside might believe. It takes great posture. It takes great self-discipline. It takes great love to honor what you believe by the word. And it takes faithfulness to not do what you want to do. Yeah. But to do what the word says to do. Right. That's not a weak person that can handle those things. And that's where you start to see maturity. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good word. What, yeah, what, yeah. what you were bringing up out of that, it, I, you know, uh, it's important. It's important to recognize. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and, and here's something that, you know, we'll, we'll tie this all together before this podcast is over what we're talking about and how it ties in. Um, but, but when it comes to the area of repentance and, and, you know, I've heard brother Keith Moore say this, you know, there are people who, who have said this in, in public settings and are still saying it, that Jesus preached love and acceptance that that's what Jesus' message was all about, love and acceptance. Well, well, certainly Jesus' message was one of love. Um, that's the truth. Right. And, and, and there was a, a, a tone of acceptance in the sense that God accepts those who repent. <laughs> but, yeah. but watch this. Brother Keith talks about this. The Lord told him, I primarily preached repentance and the kingdom of God. And so, you know, we see this in Matthew 3, verse 1 through 2. It says, John the Baptist came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He said, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Another translation says, fruits that are consistent with and prove your change of heart. Um, But uh, he talks about, you know, um, I will baptize you with repentance, but he will baptize you with fire. And then when Jesus came, it says that he came preaching, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He, it wasn't bad news. Uh, it wasn't a bad message. In fact, it's good news. He didn't say repent for the kingdom of darkness is at hand. 
He said, yeah. he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is good news. Yeah. But this is something I want to, I want to go into just a little bit here, Chris. Um, you know, I, I'm hearing some things recently about talking about the church and how mm-hmm. the church needs to, I guess the phrase I've heard used is pivot um, their, their message. And because they're not, oh, they're not appealing to people enough or that people are coming in and, and, and they don't like the message. And so we need to be more appealing to people. And, and you know, the, the biggest thing is we want to represent God faithfully. We want to represent God well. Um, but, and there, there are certainly are some things that I'm sure churches could stand to change and repent of. Um, you know, we're talking about us looking at repentance in ourselves first. And if it's, if it's religion, if it's tradition, if it's just stuff we picked up, or it's just of man or self-righteousness, yes, get it out, you know, right. get it away from us. Mm-hmm. But, but there's something that I felt like the Lord brought to my attention that I, I want to address in this. Um, and when it comes to repentance, um, you know, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin and righteousness. Right. Um, and so if, if we're creating an environment where there's no conviction, um, where sin is comfortable, that means somewhere we're quenching the Holy Spirit. Huh. And, and, you know, I think what, what we've, we've seen is this thing that well, we've got to make people comfortable in the church. We've got to make people, we've got to appeal to them. And I felt like the Lord brought this to my attention in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Um, it says this, first of all, Paul says in verse 3, I, I, I do not speak this to condemn you. He starts with saying that I do not speak this to condemn you. So we know that what he's saying is not condemning people. It's not condemnation. And there's a a big difference between conviction and condemnation because conviction is convincing. It means I'm convincing you of something. Now, if I'm not convinced that what I'm doing is wrong, then I have no foundation to resist it. But yes, that's right. he, he, He goes on to say this. In verse 8, he said, for though I made you sorry with a letter, watch this, I do not repent. <laughs> Paul said, <laughs> I do not repent. I'm not for, changing my view on what I'm saying. I'm not changing my message, for I perceive <laughs> that the same epistle has made you sorry, though it were for a season. He said, but I rejoice that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance. Yeah. For you were made sorry after a godly manner that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For right. godly sorrow works repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world works death. Something I felt like the Lord pointed out to me is that there are churches who, instead of creating an environment of repentance and calling people to repentance, are themselves repenting of righteousness to accommodate people. Mm. instead of calling people to repent from sin they're repenting they're changing what is right they're repenting from righteousness to make sin more comfortable jesus jesus very presence in the home of a tax collector caused him to be convicted and to repent and to pay back what he had stolen his very presence and so if we're if we're creating an environment where sin is comfortable Somewhere the Holy Spirit's being quenched because one of his jobs is to convict the world. And, and this is something else, Chris, you know, I, I feel like I've gotten some correction in this. You know, I, I've heard this said, you know, we don't need to 
to talk to people about sin because they already know that they're sinners. They already know they're sinning. You don't need to, to talk to them about sin. But, and, and, and I understand what people are saying with that. But at the same time, one of the things that brings people to salvation mm-hmm. is the conviction of their sin and their need for a savior. Right. And so that's not totally true that people know that they're sinners because there are people who are, who are atheists that are self-righteous and don't believe that they need a savior and don't believe that they're sinning. Now, I'm not talking about we're just supposed to emphasize sin without emphasizing salvation in the gospel. That's not the point. The point is we are sinners and we need a savior. And and I'm not saying we just want to preach hellfire and damnation because you're sinning, you need to do this or you're going to hell. No, we want to present Christ to people and forgiveness, the good news of the kingdom. But one of the first things that Jesus said was repent. <laughs> right. Oh, in his yeah. ministry. It's in, it, it's in Mark, the very first chapter of Mark in uh, what, verse 14. Uh, yeah. It says after John was put in prison, this was right after, you know, it explains that John baptizes Jesus. Jesus goes on the 40 day fast. He's tempted. And then it says uh, in a footnote, uh, Jesus beginning his Galilean ministry. After John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. So for sake of context and what we're talking about, repentance or repent, that means to change. And it goes, so Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to change and believe the gospel. Mm -hmm. So stop doing this, stop living this way and believe the gospel right everything that we do comes from a- yeah he's saying hey uh you're actually believing this way i want you to repent i want you to change your belief on that i want you to believe my gospel which you were talking about it is good news right gospel is good news but this is just to piggyback off of what you were saying People, <clears throat> ministers, people, I mean, you, you don't have to be a minister to share this type of thing with anybody. You just have to be a believer yeah. uh, just to, to be able to share this. But <clears throat> people have gotten uh, so, I think maybe, I don't know what term I want to use, but <clears throat> they, they'll say, the gospel's good news. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to give the good news. And, and this is coupled with what you were just explaining. Uh, but what is it? Good news about what? Or good right. news for what? Well, good news that you uh, have a savior from sin. Well, what does that mean? And I think that Billy Graham, as far as you know, what we would say as an evangelist, uh, he had a great exhortative gift to the body of Christ to identify the state of humanity and then tell the truth and then give them a chance to receive this gift of repentance, meaning Jesus paid the price and there's this gift of Jesus. And if you receive him and make him Lord and Savior of your life, uh, he'll change you. Mm hmm. And then the belief set starts to come on you. But see, Billy Graham 
as far as I know, um, and, you know, from men that we can listen to, he was great at identifying man's sin. And he would, he would start tons of his messages on, he would find an old Testament, uh, story and he would, he would share and go through the downfall of this man. And then he would bring it into his day of like, we all have this problem, but we have the answer. Yeah. And then he would bring it home and you know, you, you've seen it. We've seen, if you've ever watched any of his crusades, I mean, thousands of people would just march after that because the conviction of what that man is saying is truth. Yeah. I am in that condition. I won't lie. I, I want what he says. I don't understand it all, but I'm going after it. Yeah. And they would just march, man. I mean, the music would start and it would be minutes as everybody's coming yeah. down to the altar. And there's something about making that walk. Yeah. Uh, that I feel like it gives people an opportunity to just let those chains be broken. Yes. A lot of churches nowadays, and I'm not saying that this is wrong to each his own. You got to do what the Lord's told you to do. Sure. And, you know, there's different structures and different, I, I mean, culturally, um, I don't know what every culture is, you know, what's uh, permissible or what's honorable or not. But I know for, for us in America and what we've seen, uh, <clears throat> sometimes, you, you know, we'll just raise a hand and then you can come down later and there's nothing wrong with that because it is between you and 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 the lord jesus it's between you and the father and he's offering you a son but man i'd love when people would uh give the opportunity to to come down here to this altar to receive Mm -hmm. uh because i i that's how i did it when i was a kid now i you know i uh had years of sowing wild oats, however you want to put it. Sure. But uh, the Lord never left. My parents kept praying for me. Thank you, Lord. Um, But but, but as a kid, like, you know, I didn't understand everything that they were saying, but there was something on the inside of me that's like, I need that. And that's the innocence of a child, or that's the innocence of somebody not, being taught religion, but actually experiencing their spirit man being touched and talked to by God himself. Yeah. And then when you make that walk, yeah, yeah, it's like things are just falling off of you. And you're like, man, you were only what, eight years old. What was falling? What were you doing? Robin banks when you were five? No, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. no, I say like when I was eight, I can remember specifically how that made me feel as a child. But then, you know, after I repented, when I got, you know, to my early to mid twenties, closer to mid twenties, I can remember that again, where I had so much heavy things that I. uh, Holding on to me, man. And then just to, to repent again. I remember just things falling off. Yeah. And uh, man, it, it's such a precious thing. God is so good. He's yeah. so faithful. Um, I wanted to share something if I could. Absolutely. 
So Jesus, we see this in 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 Mark as pretty much you, you know the first message is <laughs> repent and believe in the gospel, the good news. Uh, so you know, you know after he's baptized with the Holy Spirit and and, right. and water, he starts his ministry. So repent and believe the gospel. Well, repentance is we live a life of repentance, right? Yeah. Uh, we are going to have opportunity to miss the mark. That's what sin is. It's just a nicer way to say it because people don't like the word sin. But sin is really in a simple form. It's missing the mark. You want to hit this mark. You want to aim for this and you can do it. But you, but you got to be focused, right? You can put on all the right. armor and, and, and live with uh, purpose and, and, and do it right. Well, when you miss the mark, we got to repent and right. we're, we're human. And so we are going to we're going to do some things that God does not approve of. And he expects more the more that we know. Sure. Well, this past year, this was back in in August. And uh, this is just such a great example. I'm just going to tell myself of repent and believe the gospel. Yeah. All right. So Monday morning. Uh, I woke up. I was tired. I mean, just whooped. Uh, man, something was something was trying to get me. It's just, you know, a cold, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what it was, but I just remember, I mean, I was wore out and I did not feel good. And I was being short with my family. I was, you know, irritable tired you know just how the normal person is when they don't feel good Eh. sure so you know monday passes well tuesday morning i woke up again and i didn't i I didn't get out of bed till i think like 10 30 and man i'm feeling bad and know this the whole time i'm what i know to do Mm. i'm not i'm not speaking the word over my body in fact i think uh, on Tuesday, I think I took day because I'm like, man, I, I, I need to work. I got to get through the day. And so actually I get up at 1030. I take a shower. I laid back down and slept another two hours. I mean, this is this this was something that was coming to a head. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I took some day quill just to mask the symptoms. Like I'm like, OK, and, and I probably did pray, but the reason why I don't notice it is because I noticed when what the problem was with what I'm about to tell you Wednesday, same thing, man. And it's, and I'm, it's worse. Well, Wednesday I woke up and um, we're getting ready. We got to go somewhere. And my breathing was labored. I noticed it like in my chest. And I had that little thing at the top of your throat where you're kind of like, Oh man, I'm getting congested and my, man, my, am I breathing funny? Yeah. And so then the thought came up COVID. Now you got to understand, and I know that you do it. People need to understand there's, there is a stigma that comes with the word COVID now, which is called that stigma is fear. Yeah, 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 yeah. And for about 60 seconds, it took me before I caught this 
what I was doing. Now, I noticed what I was doing was I was in, entertaining this spirit of fear, thinking about COVID and saying, oh, no, I'm not getting this. Like, I couldn't possibly be getting COVID. Like, man, my, my, my breathing's labored. Mm-hmm. And man, I, I caught it. And I said, Lord, I take this thought captive. Yeah. What do I do? And I heard it in my heart, not an audible voice. I heard it in my heart. He said, you need to repent to your wife and your children. Uh-oh. Y- yeah. <laughs> Jesus said, repent and believe the gospel. Well, the gospel's good news. Good news from what? Uh, there's a way out of, you know, not living right or yeah. not doing what's right or missing the mark. Yeah. It's called, it's called sin. He said, you need to repent to your wife and your kids for mm. being short and irritable with them and not coming to me from the beginning. That's good. That's good, Chris. Okay. And then he said, and then you need to co- go and repent to me. I said, yes, oh, wow. sir. So this is exactly what I did because we were getting ready to leave. And I said, guys, all right. And it, and I was being irritable <laughs> up to that point. And then, you know, I'm having labored breathing. I was like, Lord, what? I, I caught the thought. And he, and he told me, I was just, man, right in my heart. And I said, uh, guys, hold on a minute. I said, Courtney, Cash London. I said, you guys, daddy needs to repent. I have been short and irritable, and I have not been talking to you properly uh, because I haven't felt good, but that doesn't make it right. And I need to repent to you guys and tell you that I'm sorry. And I asked you to forgive me. And they said, we forgive you. And I said, thank you. Now I need to go back in the bedroom and talk to the Lord. Mm. I'll be right back out and we'll leave. I went to the bedroom, Ben, and I went before the Lord by myself. And I said, Lord, I repent. Mm. I didn't come to you. I've been irritable and I'm sorry. I missed it because I know that your word works and I know that Jesus is the healer. And so I asked you to forgive me. Now, what do I need to do? And Ben, I'm telling you, anybody that knows how the Lord speaks to them, this will bear witness with them. It'll be like, yeah, right on. That's awesome. Others might be like, I don't know that the Lord talks like that to me or whatever. Just he does. You have to look for it. And it has to be according to the word. If you're listening to this podcast, uh, be encouraged because he doesn't just talk to a few people like this. He has fellowship with everyone that will like this. And this is what he spoke to my heart. You're not going to hear voices. You don't want to, it's just in your heart and you, you'll know. But he said this, I said, Lord, what do I, what do I do now? I, I've repented. He said, now lay your hands on yourself like, and pray like you would for anybody else. And Ben, he has never said that to me like that before. Mm, wow. That was, that was this past August. And we've prayed for tons of people and laid hands on tons of people. But never like this for myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, what do I do? He said, lay hands on yourself, on your chest, and pray for yourself just like you would pray for somebody else. And man, I got it. I put my hands on my chest. And in the name of Jesus, I cursed COVID virus, Mm. every virus I ever heard of, and every virus that I haven't heard of. And I commanded it to be uh, dissipated and die off my body in Jesus mighty name. And then I started to quote some scripture and I thank the Lord for 
the truth of his word and that he's faithful to it. And I shall see it in Jesus name. And it, it wasn't long. And then I marched out of there, man, and went on my day. And I'm telling you, within two hours, my breathing was normal. I was still a little bit tired and stuff throughout that day. But I woke up on Thursday morning, not one symptom. You wouldn't even, I, I wouldn't even have known that I dealt with anything to begin with. Yeah. It went no further than something that just kept to seem like it was getting a little bit worse. And I was tired and this and this and just being irritable and everything. Now, did I have to wait till Wednesday? No. <laughs> but uh, because I did, and then I inquired of it, you know what answer I got from the Lord? Repent mm, and believe right. the gospel. That's what right. it was. Believe the gospel. By his stripes, you were healed. Well, I couldn't go until I repented. I couldn't yeah. receive that gospel for my healing until I repented in the way that he told me to. And I saw it for what it was. Yeah. And brother, I mean, boom, you know, with it, that, that's better than going to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and yet this is not just for me or a ministry. Or, man, this is the this is, belongs to the believer. Yeah. Everybody can walk in this. Uh, Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. What was interesting, Ben, is that he said, lay hands on yourself and pray like you would for anybody else or something. Yeah. Just pray for yourself like you would somebody else. It's real simple. And I did. I acted like I was praying for somebody else. <laughs> but yeah, I was yeah, praying yeah. for me. Yeah, and it, and, and it was short work, brother. It was short work. But that goes with, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six words. Repent and believe the gospel. That's good. That's good, Chris. I, I love that. And, and you know what, what the Lord did is he gave you a gift. <laughs> That's right. He In said, response. here's your gift. Of, this is the way out. Yeah, he gave you a gift. And, and you know, uh, Chris, I want to, that's a really oh, good Lord. testimony, man. And, and that, that, you know, repentance, um, a lack of repentance is more dangerous, I'm going to say it, than a lack of a vaccine. Wherever people uh, land on that, on that spectrum, you know, whether they believe in it or whether they don't, um, I'm not getting into that on this podcast. Sure, but sure. but yeah. if, if uh, what's more dangerous than anything is not repenting because right. it opens a door to the enemy. Right. Um, uh, I'm speaking yeah. spiritually of things. Don't, don't, yeah, don't get yeah. mad at me, listeners, no, <laughs> I, one I, way I or the hear, other. I hear what you're saying. It, it you know. I've said this, Ben, and I'm just going to I'm going to, I guess, speak to it in the way that uh, I had been seeing it as of recently. So that people don't get mad. Um, I have said, and this is in my heart, and, and you know it to be true, wherever your faith is, whatever, right. whatever you believe uh, that doesn't violate your faith or your conscience, that's that's where your faith is. Right. And that's what you need to do. Exactly. So like, if your faith is like, man, I, I believe I need this vaccination or I, I'm probably going to get sick. Then that's telling you something. If that's sure. where, if that's where the thought process is going, like that's where your faith is and that's okay. Yeah, man, you can get it. And, and I, you'll be fine because that's what you believe. Right. That's your how confidence. powerful the mind is. In connection with your spirit, man. Yeah. But the, on the other hand, if you violate your conscience. Right. 
and you say, well, I'm just going to get this because someone's going to make me do it. Well, chances are it might not work out for you. Now, we see that some people have been negatively impacted and some people are just fine. Sure. My whole point is this, man, for believers in the church in unity, that's a small battle to, to, yeah. to just argue in front of the public. And it's not oh, right. Yeah. It shouldn't be in the church. Absolutely. And Let, that's, the, that's division. Yeah, that's right. It's division and it's not right. And, and it's, it's just such a simple answer. Like where your faith is, be yeah. it as unto you and move forward. It's okay. Absolutely. That's good, so, Chris. No, I agree. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tracking with you on that road. Like, well, uh, as we, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As we begin to wrap this up, we're getting toward the end here. Um, I, I want to address this for a few minutes. And, and, and when it comes to re- um, talking about, you know, we started this podcast talking about those who uh, oppose themselves and, and who are captive by the devil and, and us helping them to see God's gift of repentance, helping uh, them to see their need for him. And, and what we mentioned earlier, I mentioned this earlier about the conviction of sin and how the conviction of sin is showing people their need for the gift of repentance. And if we remove the conviction of sin, we're, we are quenching the Holy Spirit in that area. And now we read earlier that the goodness of God leads men to repentance and the goodness is his forgiveness, is his mercy. It's saying, hey, I'm, uh, my mercy is available to you, but you still have to repent. It leads right. you to repentance. The, right. There's something that's drawing people to the action of repentance, and that is the goodness and the graciousness of God. Right. But here's something that came up in my heart, Chris. It says in uh, James chapter one, it says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is finished, it brings forth death. So he's showing you what sin does. He's shining a light on what sin is and what sin does. And so if I'm padding the walls of conviction when it comes to sin, I'm, I'm covering this. I'm sure. not showing people what sin is doing to them, what it will do to them if they don't repent. And, I, and if I'm just making people comfortable in their sin, then I, I'm not telling them the truth. But watch what it says down here in verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness nor shadow of turning. In other words... God doesn't need to repent, <laughs> right? but this is a gift that comes down from him. This good and perfect gift is not me telling you, oh, you're fine. You're okay. You don't need to change. It's me showing you this gift of repentance. This is a good and a perfect gift. Yeah. And we see this in multiple places. Um, I want to address Luke 15 before we, we leave here. Um, but, you know, dude, uh, you know, Jesus said, it's not the well that need a physician, but the sick. Right. And he said, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. That didn't mean he was just patting them on the back and affirming them in their lifestyle. He wasn't doing that at all. He was calling them to repentance. It's like a doctor who is looking at a person and saying, hey, you've got this problem and you need to do this and this and this and this and this. You need to change. 
Mm-hmm. A, a doctor, that's a doctor's job. That's what a physician does. A physician says, hey, this is the problem. Now, a physician doesn't condemn you. A physician doesn't sit there and waste time making you feel bad. And Paul said that. I don't say this to condemn you, but he diagnoses it. And then he says, hey, you need to change. You need to do this. You need to do that. And it's calling them to repentance. Yeah. So I, I want to talk for a minute about Luke 15, um, and this will help us to, to wrap up here. Well, um, hey, Ben, you know what, too? I love how he equivalates himself as a physician and then a sinner as a patient. Yeah, exactly. The, rela- the, the relationship there. Because the argument has been, and I think this could just really quickly, um, if people will receive it, make some clarification. um, hanging out with sinners or fellowshipping with uh, what does light have in common with darkness? Nothing. Right. Right. So there's no fellowship there. But then people have used the excuse, uh, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Well, well, did he? Because he actually, he, he, he gives the illustration of his relationship with those who needed to repent or those who were considered, you know, sinners. They need to change. They need to uh, believe the gospel as one, from, one as a doctor to a patient. And right. you, ju- you just explain that. And so when people say like, well, we've got to go and we've got to reach the world and stuff. Here's the thing. As Jesus described that relationship that he had with the sinner, uh, when's the last time you, you, know, you hung out with your doctor, your physician? <laughs> uh, he gave people the answer. And he moved on and he mentioned, I've got to keep moving because I've got to get this to other regions. Right. And so there were, he got, he had 12 that he brought in and Mm -hmm. trained. But then as he set people free in other cities, he said, go and tell others. And then some people, he said, hey, keep this, keep this hush right now. Yeah, yeah. See, he knows more things that we know. But the, but the key here is a doctor to a patient. And then people use that excuse like, well, I can hang out with them and it's okay. We're supposed to reach them and we're supposed to do this. Well, wait a minute now. As long as you're having influence over them because bad character corrupts. Good manners. Good that's more, right. Yes. Good morals, that's in uh, what? First Corinthians 15, uh, 33 and 34. Mm-hmm. So you, you have to look at it as like, when we're doing the works of Jesus, take everything into context. You know, there were, there were points when people would challenge Jesus and he did, he knew that they were in the wrong. He was giving them the answer, but then they walked away. He did not chase them down. And I have never walked out of a doctor's office, a dentist's office, getting instruction of the ailment. And saying like, oh, you're wrong. I'm leaving. I've never had one doctor chase me out of there. Yeah. And say, please, please, please just do this. You're going to get. No, they move on to the next. Right, right, right. So (laughs) you have to separate your emotions. We're not God. 
we yeah. are the message. Our job is to sow the word. It's the Holy Spirit's job to do the work. Even Jesus knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that, you know, um, a doctor, you know, is he's, his door is open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you could say walk-ins are welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes Absolutely. to repentance That's and good. God's available, that gift is available. <laughs> come on, but, you know, But, you know, uh, conviction, I want to come back to this. Conviction is not condemnation. No, it's not. But it's convincing. A doctor will do his best to convince you of what he's Based saying. Based on hey, what he knows. What he knows. Hey, you need to change this. This is going to hurt you if you don't stop it. Now, this is, right. this is true of whether we're talking about convicting unbelievers to come to righteousness or we're talking to Christians, this, this idea that we're not going to talk about sin. We're not going to address sin. We're not, we're going to make it comfortable so that they'll come to church. This is not right. And, and, you know, dude, I'm going to speak to what you were just saying, and this is going to make somebody mad, but (laughs) um, dude, you know, when the Bible says people say that Jesus was the friend of sinners, well, first of all, in a sense, that is true because a true friend, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Yeah. And a true friend will tell you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. Just like we were talking about in James about appealing to the lust of your flesh. Oh, that's it right there, man. Say, that's what, not, what did you just say? Uh, so uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. A real friend will tell you what you need to hear, not what your flesh wants to hear. And that's what Jesus did. That's why that's what he Jesus was did. a true friend of sinners. He was. And, but here's another element of this, too. He was a true friend of sinners. But see, a lot of people take that phrase and they think of it as he was their pal and he was hanging out with them. He was making them feel comfortable. He was affirming them. And, dude, did you know that the Bible, Jesus never referred to himself as a friend of sinners? <laughs> do you do you do you know watch this watch this chris do you know who called jesus a friend of sinners who the pharisees and they oh. said it watch this they said it in a context of also accusing him of being a drunkard and a glutton mm-hmm. they they said he said when the son of man came they, you they know, go yeah you know they hadn't seen jesus drunk one time in his life no jesus didn't get drunk and jesus wasn't a glutton but, but jesus said the Pharisees, he was talking to the Pharisees, and he said, when John was here, you told him that he had a devil. He said, but when the Son of Man came, eating and drinking, you said, look at him, a drunkard, a glutton, and a friend of sinners. So they were accusing him of something negative in line with other things that were not true. Man. So, so, so now, now hear me out here. I'm not saying that, like we just said, Jesus was a true friend of yes. sinners. Because yes. he told them the truth, but he wasn't palling around with sinners and no, people that I, were doing wrong. have a misconception of that. Right. And, and so, uh, well, <laughs> now let's, let's move on here for a second because I want to get to this before, before we go too long here. I'm trying go not ahead, to go, go too ahead. long. Go ahead, so, so Luke 15, and we'll see this more and more. We're going to do this, and then we're just about done here. Okay. Um, uh, Luke 15 is talking about the prodigal son, but it's, it starts out by saying this, Chris, it says, then publicans and sinners drew near unto him to hear him. Mm-hmm. So James chapter four is all about submission and repentance and humility. And what does James chapter four, eight say? If you draw near to God, he'll what? Draw near unto you. Draw near unto you. They drew near to him. They drew near to him. 
and to hear him. And then the Pharisees murmured and said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. (laughs) But if you draw near to him, he'll receive you. The door's open, Chris. It is. The door's open. What's the other scripture say? Uh, Anyone who goes to God, he will by no means cast them out. He'll no means cast out. But it, it talks about, you know, the, the lost sheep and, and the without reading all of this, the one who 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 is lost. And he said uh, when he's found it, he, he brings it home and rejoices. He said, I say unto you that there will be joy in heaven over one sinner that repents more than over ninety nine people who need no repentance. In other words, they needed repentance. <laughs> <laughs> and it says the same thing about the woman having 10 pieces of silver. She loses one and she f- seeks until she finds it. She'll rejoice and gather her friends together to rejoice over one sinner that repents. Yeah. And, and then it goes on to talk about the prodigal son. And this is what I want to get to real quick here, Chris, because yes, I, this has been on my heart. And sure. I perceive that there are people who have walked away. Um, I, I perceive that there are parents who've walked away from their families. There are kids who've walked away from their parents. There are mm-hmm. people who've walked away from the church. Um, there's people who they were at one point in the church and a part of things, but they've gotten off. They've gotten off into sin. They've gotten off into deception. They've gotten away. And, and they're, they're taken captive by the devil to do his will, and they're doing the will of the devil. But the Bible says that those are the people we're supposed to help see the gift of repentance. And it says a certain man had two sons and the youngest of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered everything together and he went on a long journey and he wasted his substance on riotous living. And when he had spent it all, there arose a famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his field to feed swine. And we, he would have fed himself with the corn uh, food, the husks, because no man gave to him. And when he, watch this, came to himself. What do we read in, in Timothy? That they would come to their senses, that they would see. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, against heaven and before you, I am no more worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. What's he doing? He's repenting before he even got to his father. Yes. And he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and fell on his neck and kissed him. And he said, Father, I've sinned against you, and I'm not worthy to be your son. And the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So we're seeing a beautiful picture of what repentance is and how the father is waiting for people. He, he's waiting at the door. He's not, he didn't chase the son down. Mm-hmm. The son's out here living, and this son came home, and, and, and here's the cool thing, Chris, you read on, and you see how the older brother was upset, right? Right? because <laughs> right. he, he's self-righteous. He's right. got a list of all the things he's done right and what that, he deserves. That's works, but Titus 3, 5 says that we are not uh, saved uh, by our good works. That's right. Um, yeah. yeah. I got I to ask you a question. So that's a parable, correct? Right. The parable of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jesus 
in that picture, um, that's a Jewish father, correct? Yeah. Okay. Now, you just said something so fascinating. That young son was repenting before he was seen by the father in the natural. Yeah. All right. What you do behind closed doors, Mm -hmm. God will exalt in front of people. That's it. That's good, Chris. And it's all about the purity of the heart. This is a life of repentance. Now, he got it right. What enabled that Jewish father who did not run? Mm. They did not run. Yeah, no, he didn't. That that people would think like that's dig, undignified. Yeah. But because he had already gotten it right, that's why I don't think that a lot of people understood what Jesus was saying in that parable. Because, yeah. oh, what are you talking about? A Jewish father, a Jewish man running to his son? Yeah. But they, they missed the part. This is a spiritual application. When you get your heart right with the father, then in the natural, people might not be able to make sense of it. But man, the father runs to you and That's people it. see him heap these gifts mm-hmm. back to you. He puts you right back where you were. That's it, Chris. And that's why we live a place of repentance, because this is continual growth. Yeah. And he ran after him. And that is a depiction of God and how he feels over a repentant heart. And you just oh, shared so the other stories about the coin. And about the one lost sheep. Yeah. That's how he feels about a pure, humbled heart. He That's gives good. more grace to the humble. That's right. Yeah. That's it. That's James 4. Well done, man. Right there with that. Dude, dude, he he praise God. He 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 drew near to him because the son drew near first. That's right. But he drew you, near yeah. first through repentance. Through repentance. And as he as he saw him drawing near to him. Boom, the father took care of the rest. Uh, I heard Jeremy, I was in a service. You may have heard this too. I, I heard Jeremy preach this one time, Jeremy Pearson's. Dude, um, he's fire. He, he, uh, he was talking about this and, he, and he, he had Perry Hart come up on the stage and, and he, he said that this is what it's like when it says God draws near to you. And he had Perry take one little step toward him and Jeremy went from the other side of the auditorium and ran and almost tackled Perry. <laughs> and, and he was... When was this it? was oh, this is Easter, probably 2016, maybe. Okay, Jeremy um, is so great, man. It was he in is... Rus- Russellville, Arkansas. It was on yeah. Easter. Easter, I remember. Um, <laughs> and, and he was showing how the moment we just take one little step toward God, God's right there. Yes, drawing near to us. Yes. He's, and he's ready. And and dude, this is I really sense that the Lord is calling people home. And, and there's this there's this gift. Um, there's this open door. There's this dare I say window of repentance for some people um, yes. that, that the Lord is calling them home. Now, now there, dude, there's some, there's some sobering realities for not repenting and God is gracious. He gives us time and space to repent. Yeah. But I, I just sense this in my heart. There's this call and, and, and I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close out with this man and I'll let you, you give out some closing thoughts as well. But sure. in second Corinthians five, uh, 17 through 21, um, uh, you know, 
there's a lot of people out there who are the older brother who, who they want to give a list of their self-righteousness and what they've done. And they get mad when God welcomes sinners home because they've repented. Um, and, and, you know, uh, God's heart <coughs> is, is that we would all repent. Jesus said that, um, you know, talking about the people who, who perished in a certain way, he said, uh, there weren't worse sinners, uh, unless you, unless you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Right. And, and so we don't want to be like that older brother that is self-righteous and doesn't think we need to repent. Um, but, but when we in humility examine ourselves and we repent, that way we can see clearly to help other people see that gift of repentance. And, and we see this in Second Corinthians 5. and says, uh, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So that's what happened first, is we were reconciled, and then he has given us this ministry of reconciliation and has committed to us this word of reconciliation. And, you know, it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So he's talking about us identifying with his righteousness, not our own. And that's what makes you realize you need repentance. Right. And he's saying, because you've been reconciled, now I've given you this ministry of reconciliation. In other words, it's this ministry that we all have, Chris, that simply says, come home. That's right. Come home. That's we right. have this ministry where we were called home. We came home. We've repented. We're reconciled. We're living this lifestyle of repentance. But this is what it means to show people the gift of repentance, to reveal yeah. to them the nature of God, to be ambassadors for Christ. Our job is to look at sinners and say, come home. Come home. Yeah. You know what? I'll leave you with this. Maybe it'll transition you to a, another um <laughs> <laughs> another podcast okay but check this out because you just brought something up fascinating okay uh so the 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 son that stayed home yeah and didn't dishonor his father so to speak yet in his heart he got to a place of offense and did right mm-hmm. so uh he was angry wouldn't even go into the party and his father came out to him pleaded with him yeah so he answered and said to his father uh these many years have i been serving you i never transgressed your uh, commandment at any times and yet you you gave me a goat that i might make merry or you you never gave me a goat that i might make merry with my friends right right but as soon as this son of yours came who devoured your livelihood with harlots you killed the fatted calf for him Mm-hmm. And, and to him, son, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. That's right. It, it was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and, and now is found. Uh, how many believers are not partaking and accessing? Uh, the fatted calves. Wow. Because they're too busy working for the Lord instead of fellowshipping with them. Oh, that's good, Chris. And that's what he was doing. That's why he got offended. 
he found his righteousness in what he could accomplish for that's right as opposed to who the lord was for him that's right and when you know who the lord is to you you can go in and have a party anytime you want that's right the door's open he said the father did he said you with me you're 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 actually doing life with me here like where's your focus son yeah you can do this anytime you want because what i have is yours but then again People don't know how to draw on it. Why? Because they keep bringing their gifts to the altar and they're in a fence. That's it. Or have created. There a it fence. is, Chris. We tied it, up. We tied it together. They're missing their opportunity to have that which God promised. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 10, verse 9, I believe, or 9, verse 10. Uh, he, he said uh, he will continue to give seed to the sower and all the seed that he has need of Mm -hmm. Um, and that he will cause it to produce a rich or an abundant harvest because of their generosity or another translation says because of their righteousness Mm. so they're missing out on that and they're like i am doing everything i can i'm doing everything you're doing everything that you can except get the log out. Wow. And as soon as you get that log out, the the Lord's not wasting his seed because he's the one who gave it to you. And yeah. whatever you gave them, it's sitting at the altar. <laughs> That's and good, Chris. As soon as, because the Lord doesn't waste anything. As soon as you get the log out, brother, that harvest, especially if it's been 20 years, you'll feel like, you'll feel like you won the lottery. I mean, he is able to produce it. And if you have stuff just stockpiled there, it's going to get planted and it will be watered. And boom, there it is. Every provision that you've been believing God for was wrapped up into one thing, man, grab a brother and say, what's my problem? And he'll grab a chainsaw and cut the log out. Yeah. And then there it is. That's good, Chris. Man, that's that's good revelation. God is faithful. That's the gift of repentance. And there's there's so much to unwrap in that because yeah. because it looks like, oh, I've got to admit that I was wrong or say this, but there's there's things that, that you've been believing for that are wrapped up in that repentance and, and going to somebody and repenting to people, not just to God, but to people. To people. And if we could just see it. Everything that, that that we believe God for and we feel like we're failing or, man, I've been doing all this stuff for you. What about my – it's here, right here. What are you talking about? Chris, I, I perceive by the Spirit um, there's somebody potentially listening to this who uh, they're, they're dealing with an issue in their body. Mm-hmm. Uh, they need healing. Mm-hmm. And it's been an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. And it's – there's a connection with them going to somebody that they've been offended with yeah, um, and, and making it, making peace as much as it lies with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we mentioned Isaiah 58 earlier, and it talks about um, how when you, when you do what it says in that chapter, your healing will spring forth speedily. Yeah. And, and I perceive that there's somebody listening. If you've been dealing with a chronic issue, um, and it seems like it won't go away. And then you know that there's something with somebody that, that you had offense with um, and you never went to them. They never came to you. You Maybe you feel like 
you know, they wouldn't receive it if you did, but that's not, that's not your part. The Bible says, as long as it lies with you, that's right. Be at peace. And you need to be at peace in your heart concerning that thing. Um, and, and there's, there's a manifestation of healing attached to that. Yes. Praise God. Let me, uh, can, can I just pray please, a word please for, do. That, for that individual or individuals yeah. and, and encourage them? Yeah. Because that, that's a, a, a destructive behavior. That's, a, that's, that's somebody coming in and sowing tares amongst the wheat for, in a person's life individually, so to speak, if we could look at it that way. Yeah. Um, and it steals the word and his truth. So mm. in the name of Jesus, uh, those in earshot, and those that have taken the time to listen to um, this podcast, Lord, may they hear this coming from your heart because it is your word, which you said you are faithful to. You cannot deny yourself. But you said in Isaiah chapter 55, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, that it shall not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I please. And it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. And then in Psalm 107.20, you said, you sent your word, you healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Mm. Father, I thank you that in the name of Jesus, being no distance in spirit, And Father, you don't work on a calendar like we do. Uh, In this moment, when a person hears this, let your word go forth. Let them have the revelation of what we spoke on. Receive it with gladness and be removed from destruction. And Father, receive the word you sent your word and heal them. That's Jesus, the healer. Mm. And we speak wholeness over that chronic issue mm-hmm. and we command it to die off right now yeah. in the mighty mighty name of jesus so be it amen Amen. glory to god praise the lord um you know this came up in my heart chris and and uh real quick yeah you're talking about people being willing to justify themselves and and you know that that self-righteousness that hinders that older brother from enjoying what's his right um, th- that identifying with, with my things and my work that it was available to him. Uh, it reminds me of the, the, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector that Jesus told. And, and he, he said it to a group of Pharisees that, that he, it says they trusted in themselves that they were righteous. Mm. And, and he tells about this Pharisee that went up to the temple and, and brought his gift to the altar. And, and he said, uh, Lord, I thank you <laughs> that I'm like, not like other men. I thank you that I, I, I give my tithes twice a week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I fast. I do all this stuff. He, he listed his, his righteousness, all the things he was doing right. And, and the Bible says he prayed thus with himself. <laughs> In other words, God didn't even draw near to him. Right. Because God resists the proud. Right. But then it talks about the tax collector who, who said it, he didn't even lift up his head. And, and all he said, Chris, was... Mercy, <laughs> Lord, right. mercy, mercy, right. just I, be merciful to me. And, and the Bible says that he went home justified rather than the other. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because he repented and he received God's righteousness 
rather than presenting his righteousness. Oh, that just came out of my spirit. A lot of people are presenting their righteousness instead of repenting and receiving his righteousness. That's a good word, brother. And they're cut off from the grace. They're cut off from the help. They're cut off from the forgiveness even. Not that God's not forgiving them, but the Bible says if we, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hmm. So on. we Thank don't want to be brother. that older brother giving our list and, and being offended and justifying the offense. It's better to be like the son. And if you feel like you're, you're that older brother that you, you haven't gotten away, you have been faithful, you have stayed where you are, hey, just remember that it's still the grace of God that's kept you there. One time, uh, Miss Billy Brim, I, I, I've, for a long time, I've gone out to her prayer mountain in the Ozarks, and one time she looked at me and she said, Ben, did you know that the same blood that washed your sin washed mine? Hmm. That's Billy Brim. Now, Billy Brim didn't do all the stuff that I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> You know, she didn't used to abuse cough medicine. Sure. But yet she looked at me and she said, the same blood that washed you washed me. Just remember the same blood that has washed us all. And and we don't want this self-righteousness that cuts us off. We want to get his righteousness so that we can be ministers of reconciliation. We know, hey, I've been forgiven. So now I'm looking for somebody to to reveal this gift of repentance too, because I've seen, I've tasted and I've seen that the Lord is good. And it's the goodness yes. of God that leads men to repentance. It's Hallelujah. the unwrapping of the gift. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Well, thank you, Lord. We went long, Chris. He's, we did. <laughs> it's okay. What are you tracking? Uh, we're, we're an hour and a half. Um, it felt honestly, like 10 minutes dude honestly this is my longest podcast to date oh man don't say that no no it's good it's good we're breaking this is a record it's a I record. know but Courtney will bust me <laughs> <laughs> no it's good hey hey listen Micah and Elijah did a two like a two and a half hour podcast and it's uh-huh. one of his top played podcasts really yeah praise the lord people are hungry yeah yeah it's good and this was worth it this was worth every everything we got in there well uh, to the listener, thank you for listening. Uh, if you made it this far, praise God. I hope you did because it was worth it. Um, and, and so thankful for Chris and, and his ministry and, and what he's doing. And uh, Chris, how can people uh, get in touch with, with you and, and what you're doing and get connected with you? Well, we just went through a transition. But uh, right now, um, our website is cjm.life. And so you can look us up there. Uh, Instagram is CJM or at CJM.life. And then we have a um, Facebook page that, uh, that we put stuff up on. And that is uh, Chris Jacobs Ministries. And then also, this is something that's new. Not new. I've had it, but um, it's the YouTube channel. Okay. And uh, I'm starting to kind of mess around with that and stuff it's not real polished yet um and and then also doing some podcasting that's we got to do some artwork and stuff for but uh chris jacobs ministries for um 
the YouTube channel as well. And then I'm not sure about the podcast. We have been recording some things and then we're going to get some stuff together, get the artwork and then start uh, unloading those here in the near future. So awesome. Awesome. That's awesome, dude. Well, thanks again for coming on, dude. I love you. I'm thankful for you. And uh, likewise, uh, brother, thanks for taking the time out. And, and to the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, this has been the No Content Podcast, and I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you the next time you click play. Thanks again for listening to the No Content Podcast. Remember that Jesus loves you, He loves everyone else, and please don't forget to feed the ducks. Ah.